what is broken is exactly what needs restoration. What is wounded is exactly what needs healing. You cannot restore what once wasn't broken and you cannot break what once wasn't whole. Welcome to Not So Secular. My name is Mon Reyes and I'll be your host here today. Before we begin, I'd like to give a shout out to Patrick Mapanao. Hi man! He is a regular listener, a good friend, and a former neighbor, as in kapitbahay. <laughs> and I want to thank him for supporting the podcast and for deciding to donate last week to the show. It's really cool to learn that there are listeners who believe in what we're doing here and find value in it to the extent that they want to contribute in this way. I find that really cool and really helpful. And if you are someone who wants to do that as well, you want to donate to the efforts of our podcast, there are two main ways that you can do that. One is by going to kofi.com slash notsosecular. That's ko-fi.com slash notsosecular where you will find a PayPal and card options, as in credit card options. And the other one, the much simpler route, is through Gcash, which Patrick used. Your giving helps us continue what we're doing here and make it even better for us to reach more people and improve the quality of our episodes. It allows me to dedicate more of my time into doing this, writing and editing and publishing and all of that. And it enables me to acquire better equipment for all of the technical stuff that is involved in this podcast. The links to both those options are available in the description if you are interested. Again, that's ko-fi.com slash notsosecular or gcash. Now, on to our topic for today. The title of this episode is A Simple Fact About Brokenness. And what I'd like to share with you is the fruit of my reflection as I was preparing to give a talk to young people for an event. Obviously, the topic that I was thinking about, that I was preparing for, is about brokenness and healing in extension to that. And what struck me during my preparation is something that I think you might find value in as well. And so I'd like to share it with you. I'd like to frame this idea around two important and related questions. The first question that's worth thinking about is this. What is the primary characteristic of something that is broken? You might think of many different things, right? Maybe the mental image that you have in your mind of something that is broken is something that is shattered. Broken, as in broken into many pieces. Or maybe the idea that we have in our minds of something that is broken is something that no longer works. If it used to work and now it no longer works, then it is broken. As in completely no longer works. Eh? Maybe even it doesn't work the same way that it used to. Therefore, it is broken. And yes, all of these things are qualities of stuff, of things that are broken. But what I'm asking for is what is the primary characteristic of something that is broken? And the answer that I would like to propose to that 
is this. It's that it was once whole. There does not exist anything in this world that is broken if it was not once whole. Think about it in this way. What is the difference between ripped jeans and regular jeans that was ripped accidentally? Both jeans are ripped, right? But one is intentionally ripped while the other was not supposed to be ripped, but it was ripped accidentally. Now, would you consider ripped jeans as broken jeans? As in, siraba ang ripped jeans? The answer is, of course, no. Because ripped jeans is made to look that way. It really is ripped. It's being ripped is part of what makes it it. But if you were to contrast that to regular jeans that was accidentally ripped, maybe you were walking along the sidewalk and then you got snagged into a fence or something like that. It, it broke your jeans. You know, I use the term. Would you consider that broken? Siraba ang regular jeans na napunit. And the answer is yes. But why? What is the difference? What is the difference between ripped jeans and regular jeans that was ripped? Parehas naman punit. It's both ripped. But the difference is that one was made to be that way while the other was not. Ripped jeans is not considered broken because it was made to be ripped. Regular jeans that was accidentally ripped is considered broken because it was not made to be ripped. There is a wholeness that came before the accidental ripping of the jeans. And that's very important to think about because we can so easily be consumed with the brokenness that we have in front of us. We can be so easily consumed with the bad thing because oftentimes brokenness comes with pain. Like, for example, when you look at broken trust, if you have an inability or a seeming inability to trust, again, trust issues, that's what we call it, right? It's so easy to get focused on the broken trust, on the badness, on the painfulness of the broken trust without realizing that the reason why there is broken trust is because there was full trust that was offered from the start. That the reason why the trust was broken is because it was made to be whole originally. It was just that it was neglected or perhaps abused, and that's why it became broken trust. We can be so easily consumed with the present state of the trust that is broken without us acknowledging that before the trust was broken, we had an ability to give full trust, to give whole trust, and maybe you still have that in you despite having broken trust now. Perhaps you still have a capacity for real and full and whole trust. The primary characteristic of something that is broken is that it was once whole. That leads us to our second question. And judging from how you've heard the first question, how you've heard it resolved, you might have an idea already on how the second question will be resolved. And it goes like this. What is the primary characteristic of something that is restored? Something that is mended, something that is healed, something that is 
put back together. And the answer to that is that it was once broken. There does not exist anything in this world that is restored if it was not once broken. Why is it important to point this out? Because in the same way that we can be too caught up with the badness of something that is broken and forget the goodness of how it was originally supposed to be, in the same manner, we can take a look at the goodness of restoration, the goodness of healing, the goodness of the hope of that kind of putting together without realizing or acknowledging that if something is to be healed, if something is to be restored, it means that currently it is broken, right? Balikan natin yung ripped jeans example. Pag tinahi mo yung ripped jeans, if you decided to sew it, as in close the rip of the ripped jeans, would you consider that restored? The answer is no, because the ripped jeans wasn't really broken in the first place, right? But the regular jeans that was accidentally ripped, if you decided to fix that, would you consider that restored? The answer is yes, because the regular jeans was not made to be ripped. It was broken. It was ripped. And for you to fix it, you need to address the rip, address the brokenness. The primary characteristic of something that is restored is that it was broken in the first place. You cannot restore something that is not broken. You cannot heal something that is not a wound or an illness. If nothing is wrong with your hearing, then your hearing doesn't need healing. If you decided to fix your ripped jeans and sew the rip back together and you decided to bring it back to SM Department Store, they're not going to take it because that's not how it was supposed to be. What is broken is exactly what needs restoration. What is wounded is exactly what needs healing. You cannot restore what once wasn't broken and you cannot break what once wasn't whole. Now let's take that one step further. What if you do have a wound but you refuse to acknowledge it? You refuse to recognize your need for healing for that wound. Isn't that the reason why when we go to someone for counseling or for spiritual advice, part of the process or part of your expectation is for you to be able to articulate where you need help and healing. Nagkukwento ka, nagshishare ka. The coach, the counselor, the priest would ask questions about your experience and what, what you felt and why you felt that way and perhaps where that came from. You are trying to specify where you need help and healing. Question, where do you need help and healing? The answer to that is that the area where you need help and healing is exactly where your brokenness lies. Because if something is not broken, it doesn't need to be healed. You want to recognize your brokenness so that you could address it, so that the healing process could begin or at least could be aided. You are identifying the areas where you need healing. You are spotting where the wound is so that you can treat it and be mindful of it. Hindi ba ganun kapag ka alam mong may sugat ka? Pag may sugat ka sa tuhod, iniingatan mo. Nilalagyan mo ng plaster, 
ginagawan mo ng paraan para hindi mabangga ng ibang tao or mabangga sa table or sa kung saan man. You're trying to take care of your wound. If you need to put medicine on it, you put medicine on it because you are aware that the wound is there and that the wound needs healing. Contrast that to when you have a wound that for some reason you don't know that it was there, we can be more careless about it. We can unknowingly make it worse for that wound and keep it from actually healing. That acknowledgement and awareness is important. One of our leaders in the community puts it this way, Pag nakakita ka ng salamin, ano na mong ginagawa? When you see a mirror, for example, in the department store, what do you do? You look at yourself. You fix your hair. You fix your clothes. You check your makeup. Nagaayos ka. Right? Because that is what we naturally do when we are made aware. When we see the mirror, we are made aware of what we look like. And when we see an issue, when we are made aware of an issue, like, yun nga, hindi maayos yung buhok mo, hindi maayos yung damit mo, what do we do? We are enabled to begin to address it. We are enabled to begin to fix our hair and fix our clothes because we are made aware that perhaps it is not how it's supposed to be. And that is important. That is important. In one of my classes, in my master's, the class is called Family Ministry and Counseling. Our professor talks about many, many different things related to understanding the self and understanding our family dynamic. One of our topics was depression and suicide. And one of the things that he shared with us in that class is about how talking destigmatizes. That the act of talking about what you are going through, even if it's shameful, even if it's full of guilt, even if it's painful, can actually help you because it destigmatizes your experience. And you are enabled to address it in a hopefully healthier manner. It becomes more objective. That is why when something is wrong, what do we do? The natural response is we talk to them. Hey, are you okay? Okay ka lang ba? What happened? Would you like to tell me about it? We talk. We talk about our experience. We talk about our hardships. Or at least, I hope we get to. Isn't that what we do when we're part of a community and then we have small groups? After the big gathering, after the preaching, after the message for everyone, we gather into small groups so that we could talk specifically about our experience. Our experience of the Lord, our experience of life, our reflection on the teaching, and so on and so forth. Our professor even gives us an encouragement. He, he said that you, you shouldn't take it personally. If the person that you would like to help or reach out to, if they don't want to talk to you, maybe you're a family member or maybe you're a friend and there's a sensitive topic and they're not comfortable sharing it with you, don't take it personally. You're still an apostle if you bring them to somebody else, somebody else that perhaps they'd be more open to. But we have to realize, this is what he said, you have to realize that they often want to talk even if they say they don't. That doesn't mean that you should force them. That doesn't mean that you should pressure them. But you should give them room for them to be able to express themselves because that might be helpful for them. All of this is part of the beauty of confession, the sacrament of reconciliation. Why? What happens there? In, in the spiritual sense, we receive God's grace. 
through the sacrament. In the practical sense, what happens? We are directed to identify, to admit, and to talk to someone about what? About our brokenness. About our sin. That's where it begins. We, it begins with repentance, an acknowledgement of where I have fallen. And it is followed by absolution, a chance for a new beginning, and penance, the hope to become better. The sacrament of confession in itself presupposes that there is a desire to change. How do we express our desire to change? By recognizing where our wounds are. By recognizing where we need healing. Because there does not exist anything in this world that is broken if it was not once whole. And there does not exist anything in this world that is restored if it was not once broken. It's very simple, but it's quite profound. This reflection has also led me to seeing some of the encounters that Jesus have with people in the Gospels and appreciating it in a deeper way. I'd like to share with you three. The first one is the story of Bartimaeus. The second one is the story of the man at Bethesda. The third one is the story of the Samaritan woman. Let's begin with first, Bartimaeus. Who was Bartimaeus? This happens in Mark chapter 10. You could read about it. And this was during the time when Jesus was walking in Jericho. He was surrounded by a huge crowd. He was popular already because of his teachings and because of his healings. And there was this blind man named Bartimaeus and he hears that Jesus is walking by. And so he shouts out loud, wanting to reach Jesus. But because he was blind, he could not approach him physically. He starts shouting, Jesus, son of David, have pity on me. The huge crowds started to shush him, rebuke him, but he shouted even louder so that Jesus would hear him. In Mark 10, 49-51, it says, Jesus stopped and said, Call him. So they called the blind man, saying to him, Take heart, stand up, he is calling you. Casting aside his cloak, he jumped up and went to Jesus. Then Jesus said to him, What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, Rabbi, let me receive my sight. After this, of course, Bartimaeus was healed. But don't you think that was a curious question? You see, Jesus was walking by and there was this blind man shouting, being shushed by the crowd, but shouting even louder. And what Jesus does is he calls him over. He calls him over. But instead of healing him right away, he asks him a question, a question with a seemingly obvious answer. What do you want me to do for you? Like, Lord, hindi ba obvious? I am blind. Let me receive my sight. But Jesus asks anyway. And the way of paraphrasing Jesus' question would be something like this. In what area of your life do you need me to bring restoration? And for Bartimaeus, it was his sight. Immediately, he was healed. The second story is about the man at Bethesda. This time, it happens in Jerusalem and there was this pool in Bethesda or the pool of Bethesda. In case you're wondering, yes, this is the same Bethesda as in Yung Gaming Company. And, uh, but the original Bethesda, right? the pool of Bethesda was known to have healing properties. And because of that, there was a large number of sick people gathered around the pool. And one of them was this man who was a paralytic. He could not move. 
He was waiting for his chance to be healed. In John chapter 5, which is where you could read this, John chapter 5 verse 6, When Jesus saw him lying there and was aware that he had been ill for a long time, he said to him, Do you want to get well? Do you want to get well? Again, with the curious questions. And this time, the verse tells us that Jesus was aware that he had been ill for a long time. And yet, he asks. Not because he doesn't know, but because he is inviting the man to speak to him, to engage with him. And then after a quick exchange, Jesus says, Rise, take up your mat, and walk. And immediately, the man was cured. That's the second story. The last story is the story of the Samaritan woman. And this one is a bit different from the first two. This time, Jesus passes through Samaria, a place called Samaria, and he does so intentionally. Why intentionally? Because the Samaritans, the people who lived in Samaria, were treated by Jews with disdain. They refused to be associated with them. In fact, when Jews would use the term Samaritan, their name, it's used kind of like a curse word. It's used like an insult. Ang Samaritan mo kasi. Something like that. They were, in fact, willing to walk longer, like take the long way around, just so they would not pass by this town, just so they would not pass by Samaria. But Jesus intentionally chooses to pass by Samaria. And when he was there, we are told that at noontime, there was a woman drawing water from the well, alone, which was odd. Because if you needed to draw water from the common well of the town, you would do it early in the morning or in the afternoon. Why? Because it was hot. At noontime, alam natin yan, we live in the Philippines, at noontime, it is really hot. Jesus lived in the Middle East. You have to remember that. And so, you would either do that early in the morning or late in the afternoon. And you would not do that alone. It was a group thing where the people, the women from the different families would gather in this well because it's not as if they had their own individual wells. They had a common well that they shared. They would gather at this well at common times and then they would draw water for the family. They would draw water for their household. And so it was odd that this woman was doing it first at noontime and second alone. We later learn that the reason why she was doing this alone is because she was hiding is because she was ashamed of something about her life. She didn't want to associate with the other women, or perhaps the other women didn't want to associate with her. And so Jesus approaches this woman and tells her, give me some water to drink. He makes a request. And she was surprised that he was even talking to her. And they have this exchange, and there's so much in here that we cannot talk about, as in fully with the time that we have right now, but this exchange leads to Jesus beginning to talk about the living water that he offers. He begins by requesting regular water, and then he offers living water, the kind of water that restores, the kind of water that fills. In John chapter 4, which is where you can read the story, John chapter 4 verse 10, Jesus said, if you recognize the gift of God and who it is that is asking you for something to drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. In verse 14, Jesus says, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water that I will give him will never be thirsty. The water that I will give him will become a spring of water within him, welling up to eternal life. 
Jesus offers this fulfilling, restoring, living water. How does the woman respond? The Samaritan woman said, Sir, give me this water so that I may not be thirsty and have to come here to draw water. The woman didn't want to be thirsty anymore. And the woman didn't want to have to go to the well anymore. Again, because she was ashamed and she was hiding. But what does Jesus say after this? Jesus said, go call your husband and come back here. Like, what? Uh, The woman was asking for the living water. Give me this water. What does Jesus say? Call your husband. Unrelated. Seemingly unrelated. What the heck is even happening here? And that's what it looks like. It looks like Jesus was just bringing up something completely not even part of the picture, not even part of the topic. Until we see that there is a specific reason Jesus was intentional on why he asked this question, or not, it's not even a question, and why he told this woman to bring her husband. The woman says, I have no husband. And Jesus affirms it. He said, You are right in saying, I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the man you have now is not your husband. What you have said is true. Now it is revealed to us, the readers, that this was the reason. Kaya pala. Kaya pala, the woman was hiding. This was why she was ashamed. This was why she didn't want to be with the other women. This was why she was deciding to draw water from the well at noontime and alone. She had gone through so much. And the details here are sparse. We're only told what we needed to know. We're told that she had five husbands. We are told that she had one partner who was not her husband. But we are not told why. Why? Was she doing something wrong? Malandi ba siya? This is how it's often framed. Puede. It could be the case, but it, it's also possible that it wasn't the case. Because during the time, it was the men who initiated divorce. And so if, if she had five husbands, it means that she was rejected and abandoned and neglected five times. And perhaps the reason why the, the man she was living with now is no longer, is, is she didn't even bother to get married is because of this past experience. No wonder she didn't want to be seen. She had this deep experience of brokenness, of woundedness, of shame. And Jesus knew about it. In fact, he affirmed to her that he knew what she was going through. And so, when Jesus offered her fullness, restoration, this living water where she would not thirst again, when she became interested in receiving that living water, the first thing he asked her to do is to recognize her brokenness. Call and bring your husband. Why? Because that, that marriage was where her brokenness lied. Her experience of being in these different relationships. That was where she needed healing. Where this woman needed healing was where her brokenness lied. And it's the same for us. Where do we need healing? In the parts of our lives that are fine? In the parts of our lives that are okay? No. We need healing in the parts of our lives where we experience brokenness, where we experience wounds. That is where we need healing and restoration. As you can observe, this time, Jesus wasn't just after physical healing for this woman. 
but emotional healing, relational healing, perhaps even psychological healing. And that is what she receives. And so I'd like to extend this to you as we bring this episode to a close. Where in your life are you in need of healing? Have you acknowledged where your brokenness lies? This is important because you cannot restore what once wasn't broken and you cannot break what once wasn't whole. I invite you to continue to ponder on this simple fact. What I shared with you is just one application, which is to recognize where you are wounded because that might help you treat it better. But do pray about it because God might point out something else to you regarding this that is specific to your context, specific to your experience, just as Jesus spoke specifically to the context of this Samaritan woman who needed healing in her life. This is something that's worth pondering on for longer. And so with that, I'd like to thank you for listening to this episode. Again, if you would like to support this podcast, you may do that in different ways. One way that you could do that is by making a donation. You could do that through the links that I mentioned at the start of this podcast, which is also included in the description. Aside from that, you could also share this podcast, post it in your platform, or send it as a message to someone whom you think might need this message right now. That would be helpful to me and it would be helpful to them, hopefully. That's one way that you could support a podcast. And the last way, which is a very important way, is by praying for me. Pray for us as we continue our efforts here. Again, thank you very much for listening all the way through and I'll see you in our next episode. Bye!